0: once again okay so i'm gonna do the official intro so good evening welcome to the third summer pl- episode of the spooky second podcast hosted by the alfred state paranormal investigation and urban exploration club tonight we will have jd the club president sophie the club vice president and boots talking with tim shaw a local paranormal investigator has a lot of experience with the paranormal and been involved with it with quite a few amazing projects, including authoring books and being featured on TV shows. So, Tim, how did you get involved with the paranormal?
1: Well, let's see. Uh, the religion of spiritualism has been in my family since the 1880s. So that was the golden age. They consider that the golden age of spiritualism. And uh growing up I was I went to a parochial school but during the summer we'd go to the Lilydale Assembly which is a spiritualist uh I would say an an enclave uh in western New York and uh I really I really got fascinated with it and you know I mean when I was when I was a kid I mean I was a hellion I mean I at Lilydale they have like a season where tourists come in and people take classes and and go for readings and that sort of thing. And we used to go and ride our bikes into groups of people and cause hell all over the place. So they enrolled us in uh, what they call I which is spiritualist uh, day school or Sunday school. And that's where I cut my teeth. And that was like in the seventies, like seven, 72, I, I was like nine or 10 years old. And that really stuck. It really stuck. Everything I learned down there uh, was fascinating. And, uh we were going into this age uh, back in the seventies where everything that was hidden, all this esoteric knowledge uh, became more and more mainstream. So the, the first psychic fairs started and uh, psychics and mediums weren't looked down upon anymore. And I just, I just went with it when I was a, when I was like an early teen, I, we, I was a uh, part of a group, that we went out doing what they call spirit rescue circles. And that's basically paranormal investigations without meters and all that stuff. And uh, just going out there and doing these circles uh, and trying to do contact work and then try to convince the spirit who may be stuck or whatever to go on and to call down friends and family that are deceased to help that spirit go on. And back then, I mean, that was that was a, a pretty interesting thing. And that was pretty, when I think of it now, that was like way ahead of its time, hugely ahead of its time. And so that's how I got involved with it. And I, I was pretty hardcore into it up until uh, my, I would say, late teens. And then I discovered booze and sex and rock and roll and cars and that sort of thing. And I went back to it after I got married, I got married in 82, 1982. And I really got really serious into it. Uh, I had been chosen as a gallery reader, which is a, uh, you stand during your, during the spiritualist services and you bring forth messages. And I was, I was kind of picked at that because my voice could always carry back in that day. There was, nobody really had like, PA systems or that. So you had to be able to go and hit the back of the room or the back of the church that you were serving and let it bounce back at you. So you had to have that type of voice. So I was, I had, you know, some experience in that. And I didn't come back to it probably till 80, 1986. And uh, right around 1986, I really got hardcore in it and decided that uh, I was going to go and I was going to study and I was really going to work with it. But that during that time that I was inactive, uh, I still kept up on all the latest, you know, stuff that was going on. I cut my teeth on Edgar Casey and, and uh, Hans Holzer and, uh, you know, all these all these phenomenal, phenomenal investigators back then. And it just stuck. And now, you know, I don't even want to think 40 years later. <laughs> so I'm still hanging out. And I got to hang out with you cool guys. That's what That's what's cool, you know. Now, JD, because JD's got JD's got the hair. He's looking good. And Sophie, Sophie's just just looking good as it is. And that's all you have to know. And that's that's the main thing. That's the main thing. You guys are cool about it. That's that's what's cool.
2: (laughs) Um. So you said that your family's been in it since like the eighteen hundreds. Like in uh, aspect like psychic mediums, shamanism,
1: believe uh, they were uh, uh both believers and mediums. And and I've had so many. Uh, mediums in my family uh my father's side i mean it's uh i would say like uh my great the the first medium i probably ever met was my great uncle gib who uh was a card reader and that's not tarot that's just regular playing cards and he actually predicted the accident that his daughter was going to be in that killed her uh you know and that's not knowing of course that it would be his daughter so uh yeah, I've been influenced by it, and and my parents used to, uh, uh, they weren't really religious. So by sending me to like a parochial school, that was like an oxymoron, the, you know. I was like one of the worst students. I got, you know, I got I got in trouble. Like I think seventh or eighth grade, I wrote a, uh, you know how they had give you those stupid essays? Gee, what did you do on your summer vacation? And I wrote about going to Lilydale and meditation and going to healing temple. And getting messages from my great, great, great grandfather, and and doing children's seances and that sort of thing, and uh, everybody else would get their paper back, and I got a little envelope that had my mother and father's name on there, and we had to have a we had to have a, a student council student or a, a parent uh, teacher conference, and uh, basically what happened was my father said, uh, you know, to the nun, don't, uh, no, that's, that's my religion. Don't, you know, you don't disparage it. If he wants to go that way, he goes that way. And she had said, uh, the nun had said to my father, well, that's all right. I understand it, but don't try to tell him not to tell all his friends all about it. So my father came out and said, Hey, stupid, don't tell anybody what you're doing. And of course, the next day I had to tell everybody what was going on. So, you know, just to, just to spite him. But yeah, that's, I mean, I've, I've, uh, uh, the mediums in my family have been uh, really a lot of old school mediums. They've come up the ranks. So, yeah. And again, uh, the last set of mediums uh, that I can remember in my family were in the Lilydale assembly right up until I believe the late, I'd say the, I'd say the mid eighties uh, when they finally moved out and went, you know, to another town.
0: So with that though, it's not like, You have to already have the, um, the traits or the skills to do the medium, right? They teach you just from the start. Everybody's got it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Listen, listen, JD, everybody's got it. You know what? When we were in that hunter gatherer stage, uh, way back when you needed that sense in order to survive, that's the whole thing. You needed it. You know, you had to have the tribal, that tribal nuclear family. Uh, had to be able to survive and that's what they used it for. But the problem is, is the more that you become complacent and I, and we always equate it as you start living behind walls. You're not, you know, you're in one area, you, you become an agricultural society. You start to lose it because you don't need it anymore. And the only people that really have it are priests and shamans and that sort of thing. But I always attribute it to something like muscle memory. And if you get the right teacher uh, they can they can pick you and get you know work with you and get that to open up again. And so anybody can do it. you don't already have to have it. you know it it depends now, but it depends on what you're good at. I'm not good at everything. you know I may I may lie a lot and tell people I am, but no no, I, I'm not that good at. I'm not good at everything. So as an instructor myself, it's up to me to figure out what a kid or or a, a client or a student, is good at and then work on it bring it up to a certain level and then introduce something new to it where it complements it you know somebody could be clairaudient and not clairvoyant so they're able to hear and get all these messages that way and then they get to a certain point where they're pretty competent at it well let's try something else let's go and do some visualizations let's work with that and you start to Believe it or not, you'll be surprised. It really, it grows. And you just keep doing that. And the other thing I always tell people is you can't have one instructor. I've ha- Now, I have one mentor. Don't get me wrong. I have one mentor. But instructors, you've got to be able to get out there and you've got to, you know, work with all different people in the community. And then you've got to be able to go and not just stay like, you know, I always say ch- ch- chain to a dogma. You know, I, I I probably am the absolute worst spiritualist you're going to meet because of the fact that I don't go for dogma. Dogma is just crap that's made by man. You know, it's like religion. Religion is made by man. You know, spirituality, that's a whole different thing now. That's a covenant between you and deities and gods or whatever you want. It's wor- what works for you. Dogma is what controls you. And none of us need to be controlled, especially in this field. So anybody can do this stuff. And I was fortunate because early on I started working uh with Native Americans uh on their life lifeways, natural awareness. I I I took classes from Tom Brown Jr. at the Omega uh at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. I was able to go and uh, uh find some great shamans. Oh my god, fantastic shamans. I, I hung out, I you know, I, I hang out with you know my friends in the uh the hoodoo and voodoo communities, uh, the Appalachian communities, all the folkways, Satria. I'm able to go and I'm able to learn from all of them. And that's what you have to do. you got to be well-rounded because if you're myopic and you just go and go, well, this is only one way of doing things, you miss everything. You might miss that little key that like speeds things up or or really gives you a better clarification. That's what you need. You can't just be, you know, you can't be myopic. You can't be a book learner. You got to be out there, and you got to be an experiencer, and that's what's important: getting out there and doing it. But yeah, I mean, anybody can do this. Just mm. depends how deep you want to. It's called just how deep you want to jump down the rabbit hole, baby. That's the way it is.
2: <laughs> um. So, what what do you think in like spirituality? Like, what is like the hardest for you? Because you mentioned how some people are good at like clear audience, others aren't. Like mm-hmm. what? personally find like to be like a difficult avenue
1: you know what i i was i've always been uh clairvoyant and i taught myself to go into like a clear hearing thing and then uh the more i worked at it i lost everything and i only worked with the essence of things which means uh, I don't get words, I don't get images in my head. It just comes through the essence of sound, the essence of, of 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 words, the essence of spirit, whatever that comes through. None of this other. I don't get any of this other stuff. And the hardest thing for me to do, and I, you know, I mean, any if anybody ever saw what we did on Portals to Hell with my friend uh, uh, Katrina Weedman and Jack Osborne. Uh, they brought me in as a bird dog. That's called what we do is when you go into a location and you pick everything up, that's called bird dogging. And that I can do. No problem at all. A lot of people like think that's crazy. I can do that with no problem. The hardest thing for me to do is to pick an object up and get the vibrations off of objects. I can't do it. I can't psychometry. I can teach it. I'm not very good at it. So, I mean, you have to. And so what you do, uh, you know, you're you know, what you're really your fine arts are and you really know what you suck at. So mm. you when you go out on these on these investigations, you only work with what you're really good at. That's that's the whole secret behind it. a lot of people like to use them, use investigations as like you know just little experiments and i don't i take the i take it pretty seriously so that's what i i that's that's the worst thing that i can do but i the other thing is is oh you know sophie that's a good question it's hard to it's hard to explain that one uh the other thing is is i am uh more of an energy reader uh i i was taught like you've got guides and you've got this and you got that and you got deities and you've got all this stuff and i'm one of these guys i don't believe in heaven i don't believe in hell i don't believe in the demons I don't believe in angels. Uh, I just, it's just energy. To me, it's all energy. We have, you know, the higher frequencies. We have, you know, energetic personalities, spirit personalities. Uh, it's it's all energy. And once you tap into that energy, you can pretty much figure out what's going on. But for some reason, I am like as dumb as a rock when it comes to trying to figure putting some in my hands and trying to figure it out it just doesn't work no matter what i've tried
2: yeah i i feel that that's how i am too like i can read i can read like rooms and i can read people and animals mm-hmm. but when it comes to like objects i i can't do it at all <laughs> like
1: no it's tough and it's tough and a lot of people are very natural because you got chakra points now for like a healer uh i my hands get really hot when we're doing some kind of healing reiki or we're doing whatever type of healing we happen to be doing at the time. And, you know, the, uh, the chakra points and all your fingertips and that in your palm, it's really, I mean, they really get real super sensitive. That's like energy coming through and flowing through, but to actually pick that energy up and figure out who had this last, it just doesn't work. I have like all these haunted objects in my house. And, uh, to be honest with you, I pick up nothing. I would say almost nothing off of any of these objects I get. Uh, People come in and give me stuff
0: about that. Actually, yeah,
1: yeah. People come in and bring that stuff in, and it's like, oh, that's cool. If I get knockings or if I get like strange like noises and stuff in the house, okay, well then I'll I'll do something with it. But right off the bat, when I grab something, got nothing. Got nothing on it.
2: What's like um. Well, you said you have a hard time reading objects like uh, is there like a particular object that you've been given or have in your like collection that's like oddly haunted like.
1: (laughs) I have I have dirt from uh, the serial killer and cannibal Ed Gein's house where Uh the the house was burnt and uh, a friend of mine went out there and uh, uh, was able to get a couple vials. That is really that's weird. Because, of course, I mean, I had to open up the vial and, and put my fingers in it. That gives me like a little ick feeling. But for the most part, you know, it's it's it it's there. So the ick feeling is it excuse me, is it my imagination or is it the actual thing? And I've worked with some exorcists over the years, and they all said the same thing. It's something that's called the gift of discernment. And that's where you get like this funny feeling right in your solar plexus. And usually that's when I'm walking into something that may be a little iffy, you know, lower vibrations, nastier vibrations, something like that. Or uh, you have a case, comes across your desk, and you sit there and you're reading it, and you get that ick feeling. It's kind of yeah. This is the real. This might be the real deal. Uh, yeah, that's what I got off of that. But I love it. I see. I love stuff like that because it's unusual and uh, it's it has a lot of to me has a lot of historic value to it. But also, it's something that witnessed an event. So, but it came right from the after the house burnt after he was uh, committed to an asylum. Somebody came in and burned the house to the ground. And of course, I mean, now it's all overgrown. You'd never even know where it is. And uh, luckily, this, luckily, my friend, my friend's friend actually knew exactly where the house was. So, you know, you got to have these little things. JD, you can come over and we can hang out with that, you know, with that. We we can, we can, we can drive around with it in the car, see what we get. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I have to take you up on that offer. Yeah. Speaking of which, what? all is the black cat lounge black cat lounge is a um, uh,
1: back oh my god how many years ago it's got to be 20 years now now uh, the black cat lounge is a uh, was a little radio show that we put together uh, it used to be on para X radio inner and it was one of the parax was one of the first three paranormal internet networks in the US and uh, they were looking for hosts and stuff and I kind of found it you know you know, just kind of back then, that podcasts were just really starting to take off. Mm. And, uh, you know, I contacted them and we got back talking back and forth, these two crazy brothers down in, in Kentucky. And they offered me a show. They offered me an hour show. And uh, it was, to me, it was going to be more of a, a theater of the mind type deal. I was going to bring people on to be interviewed. And then, of course, in the background, because it was all audio back then. Uh, I went and I had like, uh, sound effects where it was like people talking real low and bottles and all that stuff. So it sounded like a real lounge and, uh, people got, people actually came to Buffalo and then would contact me looking for where the black cat lounge was. But, uh, it was, uh, I loved it because it was, it was a great, uh, I got a chance to interview some really important people like the late, uh, Raymond Buckland and, uh, uh, oh my god i mean there were just i can't even i can't even remember all the people that we had on the shows over the years some of the some of the the early pioneers of the tv ghost shows and uh people uh, uh guys that uh, uh produced docu the docu uh docudramas like the 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 booth brothers were on i got a chance to talk to people who were saved by uh Des- bishop desmond tutu and nelson mandela because of their homosexuality in south africa and they had an unbelievable story to tell. They, it was really, it was, it was an amazing time. We did that for twelve years. I was on CBS Radio for for a couple of years. You know, during that time, so we were doing two shows uh, per week. And uh, finally, we decided that uh, it got it got to the point where it got monotonous. So I stopped it because by this time I was doing some TV stuff and I was starting to speak at conferences. It was starting to get harder and harder and harder to, uh, uh, keep, keep the show going. Mm -hmm. But when COVID hit, uh, a a bunch of us kind of sat down and said, Hey, you know, we got to do something. There's a lot of people, you know, Facebook, you know, social media, you know, social media is a great thing until you start reading it actually. And, uh, uh, people were really, especially like March, it was terrible, like locally here in Western New York. And, uh, uh, by, by April, it really was starting to take a downhill stuff, you know, slide, so we decided that we were going to resurrect all like our old shows and, you know, and just have fun with it. And uh, I started it and uh, I've just never stopped. I've, we've kept it going. And a few of my friends still have, still have it going. And uh, we, we uh, said that we would do it for free. We would never join a network per se uh, where we had to pay for it. Uh, we would go and work uh, to spread. Like in the beginning, I was like teaching basically I was, I was doing like free classes and stuff and uh we were doing reading nights and it was just fun just to raise people's spirits you know for a you know for an hour or so a week and uh now I've I've just kept going never stopped I've never I've never stopped yet uh and it's great and I I think it's really fulfilling and I I have so much fun and it's and and what's really neat is the fact that I get a chance to share with uh, a lot of people like my friends like one of my best friends in the whole uh, the whole business is Dustin Perry, who's also besides a ghost hunter, he's an inspirational speaker and motivational uh-huh. guy. And uh really just a great person. And you know, he comes on the show and uh now like this now tomorrow we'll uh, I'll be talking about what happened on the USS Edson what we where we were filming and uh yeah, all the crazy the stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what I wanted it to be. I just wanted it to be fun. And in the beginning I didn't even have like a I didn't even have like an intro or outro. I used one of my, I used my uh uh djambe and just banged on it and that was that was that was how I used to bring in bring in the show. So but now we're a little bit more sophisticated cuz we're all on on stream of course. But uh uh the Black Cat Lounge I just think is just a lot of fun. And I really hope that people get something out of it, you know, whether it's just enjoyment or, you know, just saying to themselves that Tim Shaw is not right in the head huh. or uh, people get a chance to, you know, to like I, I bring in people uh, that have haunted, you know, that that own or run uh, uh, tours of haunted locations. So we get a chance to spread the wealth. You know, people get a chance to get out there and enjoy it. And that, that's what the whole bottom line is. It's We're doing it. For, we're doing it for the fun of it. And, you know, it's funny. One time I was uh, when I got picked up for the, one of the last network shows, uh, StreamYard asked me to come on and talk. And I think that's not what they wanted me to. The stuff I said isn't what they wanted me to say, because basically they talk about numbers and I'm not a number guy. I don't care about listeners. I don't care. You know, I shouldn't say listeners, but li- listener numbers. That's the big thing. I'm not I've never been like that. Don't care. You know. You know, if three people are are watching, I'm thrilled. You know, if a hundred people are watching, it's even better. If a thousand people turn, you know, you know, turn me on because I've got a guy like Nick Groff on or somebody. That's Uh great. That's great. But, uh, basically what I told him, I said, it's, uh, you guys talk about a product. I said, well, I'm kind of like my own product. Uh, I don't have an agent anymore. I, everything I do is I book through myself. And, uh, what I like to do is, uh, what's the important thing is is just to get out there and share and just be out there. That's all. And you don't have to worry about it. And he, they were like, well, why, why wouldn't numbers help? I said, not really, because uh, you want the important people to watch, you know, producers and you want TV people or you want other investigators who may have like really great leads and uh, want to talk to you about it. That's I love that because a lot of people, contact me because of the show uh, and ask for advice. You know, how do we handle this? How do we handle that? And it's great because, you know, it's, it's, you know, anybody can charge $1.99 a a minute, (laughs) you know what I mean? But a lot of people, you know, don't. A lot of people don't really do a lot of freebies. And I got that from the demonologist and the haunted collector himself, uh, Johnny Zappas, because Johnny always has had his phone number public, And uh, he's one of the first guys that will help you in a situation that you may not quite know what to deal with. And I'll tell you myself, I'll tell you truthfully, I mean, I've I've called on him quite a few times to, you know, how do we how do we lessen something? How do we move something, let's say, out of this area? You know, we have a little problem going with. You know uh, something with the electrical, you know anomalies. What's going on with that? How can we go and we, we've done A, B, and C. What's the next step? And Johnny's always got an answer for us. So that's that's where I got it from, and he does it for free. And that's that to me is is great. And that's the way I wear it. That's the way I run stuff. It's just you know you get a hold of me, and you know it may take me <laughs> as as JD will tell you. I'm not the quickest on everything because I'm usually running. I'm usually out and about, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, if I can, uh, you know, it takes me about two weeks, three weeks to get back to norm. Most people, if I'm, you know, if I have something that I really have to go and I have to explain. But, yeah, that's it. You do that. You just do it for, you know, you do it for the fun of it and you Mm -hmm. do it to help. Sometimes it helps. Hopefully it helps most of the time.
0: Yeah. So I came across your um, Facebook page for the Black Cat Lounge. I seen that there was a map thing on there. And that it wasn't that far from the periodities.
1: Oh and, God, like, Joe! Yeah, Joe's Joe Piari has been a friend. We've been friends for God—it's over twenty years now. And uh, uh, yeah, I tried. To I wasn't him.
0: sure if it was like an actual museum or if it would be your house. That the address—it's my. Is. Believe like me, that.
1: it's my basement. Look around <laughs> me; I'm surrounded by dead people. Yeah, you know. This, Just didn't this... want to
0: show up or something like that. <laughs>
1: well, someday come on up and we'll we'll make arrangements listen i don't have like this huge collection i've got i've got a decent collection of stuff stuff that people have like you know take out of my house or you know we've you know i've gotten over the years or or people have sent to me and uh joe has some stuff as a matter of fact i gave him i gave him some of my overflow (laughs) some of my Mm -hmm. overflow here that i've gotten so much stuff you know i've gotten uh, way too many pieces, you know, of, of certain things. So after I clear them, I'll, I, you know, I'll give them to him. It's like Bolskin House. Uh, I've got some roofing tiles from the, uh, from uh, 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 the uh, uh, that. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. Alistair Crowley's house in Loch Ness, Scotland, that burnt, and uh, I had some. I've got some roofing tiles from there. And in the bottom of a little bag was all these little shards. So I made him up a little frame, brought it in for him that's what it's all about again you 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 share and joe joe's a riot joe's joe's got a good shop going and this fall he'll really be working so uh yeah he's
0: a good guy Doesn't yeah there'll be a,
1: there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot i'm gonna be there this fall a lot i didn't take a lot of
0: of uh
1: out of state gigs this year mm. usually I, usually i'm out of i'm out of state uh, five to seven times, five, yeah. Five to seven times a year. Uh, I'm doing a larger of larger, you know, conferences and stuff. But this year I decided I would just go and, uh, work locally where it's, you know, I can actually sleep in my own bed for a change. Not, not, not either in a hotel, not either in a hotel or, uh, or or a ship's bunk. You never know where you're going to end up sleeping. (laughs)
0: You've also had the chance to work with um, Frank Kupka, right? Kupka! The yeah.
1: Kupka man, yeah. Frank's a good guy. Frank is Frank's funny. He, uh, uh, usually we go drumming together uh, to a drum circle on Monday nights, and uh, uh, he's good. He's like a sponge. He loves everything about uh, the metaphysical and paranormal communities. And he's forever working on different experiments and stuff. He's—I think he met you up at Western Block, right?
0: Yes, and yeah. that was actually the place that gave me my greatest um, experience up to this point. Oh, really? What happened there? So downstairs in the basement, in the place that used to be the old machinery right area, yeah, um, there was a set of chairs on the back wall for the like the guests to sit. And then there was a table across the room where the tour guys ended up sitting instead of in a chair on the table. But um, then there was a row of chairs between us and Mm -hmm. it was, the room was pitch dark. Uh, The one lady's phone lit up for a split second and sitting in the chair in front of me was the upper torso, upper body of something that was like, it had like a design to it. It wasn't just black. It was right. Like a gray, but it had a like almost like a um wicker type yeah. design to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's but that's that's what happens. That's a that's like a uh uh that's a, well, you'll notice that a lot of times when you get apparitions you get partials. You never hardly ever do you get anything full. Uh, oh. that's that's few and far between. But uh that place, yeah. Did he show you the uh, the security video?
0: Yeah, I don't understand how that would happen, but I listen, there's I definitely was, something there.
1: I went and I I went out there and tried to duplicate it myself last time I was there. I can't figure it out. You know, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying it wasn't something natural, but I highly doubt it because of the way that the, the light shines and the way the shadow is. The, the shadows are are uh, pitched. You have to look at all that stuff a lot. See, the problem with a lot of paranormal investigators is they get something and they get they get thrilled about it,
0: mm.
1: and then they don't go any further. I like to try to send my stuff out. Uh, I have a couple friends that we circulate our our uh, evidence, and then I have a friend uh, at a at a college that does audio work for me, and I'll send EVPs to him. And he can't tell me if it's an EVP, but he can tell me what it's not. It's not in this range. It's not in these decibels. And, you know, only dogs can hear it. You know, stuff like that. That's, But you have to be able to go, and it's thrilling to get it, but you have to try to debunk it. Exactly. Because if you can't debunk it, somebody else isn't going to be able to debunk it. And, you know, if you want to share evidence with other people, you have to be able to go and make sure that, It's, you know, it's as close to the real thing as you have been able to figure it out. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the big thing. And the other thing is a lot of people are afraid of debunking their evidence and then they're all disappointed. My thing is, is that we're supposed to be truth seekers here, aren't we? We're supposed to be finding evidence out. We're all supposed to be ethically. We're supposed to be pushing the, the boundaries and to see what happens, and and to get what we can get, and use the equipment that we have to its fullest measure. And really, we have to be honest with ourselves. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people put some stuff up. There's not a week that goes by that I don't get a uh, an EVP with dust in it. There's not a week that goes by that somebody doesn't send me a any e, or not. I shouldn't say an EVP, but a photo. Uh, the latest one is is got the camera strap in it, you know, so, you know, it's something that it's easily that it's easily, easily de- debunked, you know, so you have to be really careful camera flare. You've got to look for this stuff. You've got to really study it and figure it out. And, you know, and when you and when you do figure something out, you, you got to be kind about it. You, you don't want to go and just throw the stuff back in somebody's face. That's the important thing, you know, and that's what's nice about sharing and opening up a little network, not just in your little community, but like with me. Fortunately, I've, you know, I've done work, uh, you know, all over the eastern United States and I get a chance to run into some real hardcore, real hardcore people. And I'll send something to them and, and you know, they'll, they'll either debunk it or say, I don't know. And then they can send it on to somebody and or I send it to more people. That's the idea. Try to debunk it as best you can. Always look for truth. That's what we're looking for, truth. There's some things I just can't understand. There's some things I can't explain. You know, you, you know, you walk into a room and you got a squawk box going. You know, you got one of your scanner radios going. Early on, before the use of guitar pedals, those things used to give me a nosebleed. That was like a, such a headache listening to those things all night long. I hated them. I didn't use them until uh, I got my first mini box from uh, Joe Piari that he built for me. And... Uh, You know, you walk into a room and the thing automatically shoots your name out, Tim, you know, it's like, and you're not the only one that heard it. And there's a recorder going. I've had it where I was doing laundry one day in my old, our old house. And I heard, I was, I just had it going on because I have these things going on in my house. I'm not afraid of, listen, I'm not afraid of ghosts and demons and all these boogity boogity people running around my house because, uh. You know, listen, if they want to hang out with me, that's their problem. But I, uh, you know, I have a, uh, uh, you know, I was doing laundry, and I just had, I had a box going. And I was experimenting, it, getting it, you know, trying to trying to tune it in, you know, trying to make it sound good. And a, a phrase came over it. It was like in a different frequency. It wasn't like what was coming through the rest of the amp. It was a different kind of different frequency frequency and it said as clear as day you will scream and i look i said yeah i'm gonna scream so i grabbed my phone and i took up my recorder and threw it on there and i had about a five minute session with in real time with names and uh uh you know answering questions that was that was neat and uh it's funny because i sent it out i wish i had been able to record you know you will scream of course but that was like you know the the little shock intro and uh People are like, we can't, we don't understand why. Could it be just the fact that it could be a rollover with the, with the scanning? Could be. That's the only thing I can explain. It's just amazing that, you know, a certain name came out several times. And uh, the big thing is, is like what the Buckland used to talk to us about when, if you want, if you don't want, or if you want to test what's coming through in audio, ask the question three times, three ways three times. And if you do that and you get the same answer every time, chances are that's something, whoever it is or frequency that you're working with, that personality is pretty much probably what it is. If you're getting different names or you're getting different reactions, that's going to be something totally different. So then you have to kind of watch it, you know. So uh, it was great. I mean, so these things are, these things are phenomenal. These things are but you got to send it out. You got to share it with some friends. I don't usually put my stuff out in the public because, you know, I really don't care what the public thinks of my stuff. Uh, But what I'm doing is I like to go and send it out to, to, you know, my friends and my peers so that I can get their opinion on it. And a lot of times I'll I'll be honest, with you, 75% of the time, it's BS. You know, I'm matrixing it, you know, or whatever. And uh, they'll tell me, and that's what's great about having people that are honest with you. And then at the end of the day, you can you can call them a dirty name and then have a drink with them later on. <laughs> that's the fun of what we do.
2: I feel like that's good to, like, check. Because, like, I feel like it makes it more credible when you do find something that can't be really explained. So, like, it's more credible than just saying that everything you find is.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, when you start doing that, and then you go, like, if you're doing a residential, like we had a, years ago, we had a, a nasty residential, really nasty one. And it was like, we got this EVP that said, Frank, but it sounded like a, demo, you know, like those, like the ghost demonic voice, <laughs> you know, one of those things. And it was on just plain audio and I sent it out because... I don't know. It didn't, you know, at first it didn't sound right to me. And when I got it back, it was basically, it It was a diff, whole different spectrum and a uh, whole different frequency uh, thing. And they, it, it just really didn't kind of fit in anywhere. And that's when you know that something is, could be real. And uh, when I, and you don't want to go and just bring garbage evidence to a client, you know, just to make yourself look good. I would rather go to a client and say, Listen, I didn't get anything really that good. So we'll go from there. But this one was one of those things that was just really it was a it was a it was an A, it was a class A all the way. And when I always remember when I played it for her, she just about came off her chair. She almost just it was like, and then uh doing some research, I believe, and I'm not quite remember because I can't remember that far back but if i'm not mistaken it was the name of the of a former owner that died in the house so now we have some kind of we have a correlation to something in the house so that's what that was really neat but again you're bringing something to the you're bringing something to the table that is uh you know better than just you know garbage you know, because so much of it is like stomach growls and somebody farting or somebody burping or. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times have you, st- you sat in the room in vigil? And it's like when you play it back, you're hearing demons growling and stuff or, you know, and you're like, what the hell is that? And it's somebody's, you know, it's, it's J.D.'s stomach over there, you know, from the pizza that he had during lunch <laughs> or something. Sorry, J.D., I threw you under the bus. But, uh, you know, I mean, you've got to be able to do that. or whispering. That's the other thing. That's my. Pet peeve is whispering in that stuff say it out loud I don't care if you whisper it, that that you all of a sudden you're like shocked I sent I sent a a, a clip in once and it really I didn't know what it you I could make out like voices you could almost make out words and when they amped it which is they use programs much better than what I have there was somebody asking well what are you gonna do later on on our way home? You know, meaning where are we going to stop and eat? So it's like, you know, you don't want you don't want to go and give that to a client. And again, public investigations are a whole different game than residential because residential you're getting pulled in for a reason. You're definitely getting pulled in for a reason. You're just not going out there to, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, for the fun of it or whatever. You're there to do a job and to help these people. And that's usually the biggest thing.
0: So yeah, we're definitely going back to that Western Block, like, or I really hope to because that was a pretty cool place. Another place that you might want to go
1: to—it's kind of neat—is the uh, Ghostlight Theater in the Tonawanda, New York. If you ever get a chance to go up there, that's a neat one, so it used to be an old, uh, an old German church, and uh, now it's a now it's a theater, and they do some really, of course, they do some crazy plays in there, like Nostroctu and. You know, Night of the Living Dead and that sort of stuff, mm. but it's 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 really got yeah, that actually had some activity. I was in there about a With month and a Amanda half ago.
0: yes, she was on our podcast. Yeah, before. she's great. Yeah, well, she's I went. Cool. I looked up this
1: last time, and I saw like a little boy looking down off this this archway on the on the stage, and where it was like where it was something was knocked in, and. uh, I saw him a second time and his mother, uh, or one of the ladies there said, would you recognize uh, a photo? And I said, well, let me take a look and showed me a photo and it was Amanda's uh, brother when he was like that age, let's say nine or 10 years. He passed. I believe he was 19, but, uh, I couldn't believe it because it was the exact hair and the jawline was exact. I mean, that just blew my mind. I, and I had, you know, and I had another, I had an, uh, Something in the basement that happened to me, uh, you know, when I was actually going there to see a play. So yeah, that's a that's a great uh, that's a, that's another great location. Have you guys done Hinsdale yet? Yes, I would. Yeah. Joe Joe Pierri and I well, were there in twenty eleven, before any of the stuff got popular, and they were gonna they were gonna bulldoze it down. As a matter of fact, it was in that bad of shape. Uh, my buddy Dan Class now owns it, mm. but back then. It was, they they, they were just going to just bulldoze it. They had broken all the windows and kicked in the doors and everything. And uh, when we were there back then, it was amazing. Uh, we went just to go, we got permission. We just went in there to uh, do a video and photographic survey. And we photographed every room from four sides. Uh, we're videoing it. And then we were, you know, we went and actually got coffee and came back. And I'm going to tell you what, it just I, I was on the stairs looking down and I saw a girl at that time. There was a threefold door on it on the to go upstairs and she was hanging on the door. Uh, I, I I was shocked uh, and I thought it was a local kid. And then she like I like looked off to the side real quick and looked down. She was gone and the back door, had been nailed shut. There was only one way to get out. And I realized then it was December. Like the first week of December, she had no coat on, and uh, I got a hold of Clara Dandy, Clara Miller, now, and I had interviewed her a couple times, and I asked her. I said, "Geez, I know that, I know that uh, you you guys had seen like a young girl on the property and in the house, and I you know, described the girl, and when she wrote back, she emailed me back, and she said you gave me a start. Uh, you described uh, I, my my daughter Laura." And Laura was the one who had committed suicide a number of years after they had left, the, you know, left the uh, uh, the house. But, uh, you know, Clara said that she always that Laura always said that she would always want to come back. If anything happened to her, she'd want to come back to the house. And she's not the only one that told me. I interviewed a couple of witnesses that uh, uh, said the same thing. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Is it, was it her? I don't know. Don't know. All I can tell you is there's no way that she could have got away from me. Uh, there was no leaves on trees. Uh, there was a light snow on the ground. Uh, there's no way that she could have got away. There's no way. And that place still, uh, for me, when I go out there, it's very calm. I can, you know, it doesn't bother me. I sleep there. You know, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't bother me. Uh, but, uh, it, it, when it's jumping, it's jumping. Last time I was there, uh, We were there with, with, I was there with some friends and we were doing, we were doing talking boards and, uh, doing all sorts of different, like old school stuff. (laughs) One of the girls from Texas, she had, she had a, she had a REM pod in the, in the, uh, living room and it's late, you know, and, and we're just going to stay there because the fog was so thick at the end of the driveway. You, I, There's no way that you, I could have safely gone down that hill in that fog. It was so thick. So I'm laying on, the, laying on the couch. About 5 o'clock in the morning, guess what happens? That REM pod screams next to me like somebody grabbed the aerial. And, you know, I'm so used to the house now. I jumped, looked around, and I said, damn it. That's actually not what I said, but Sophie would get upset at me if I, if I used the right, the correct word. Uh, but I, I said, you know, will you let me sleep till at least seven o'clock? What's wrong with you? when I said that <laughs> the REM pod shut right off and that was it, you know? Yeah. So there might've been somebody or some kind of energetic personality that wandering around checking what's going on. And, uh, it kind of bumped into it, but yeah, that was, that was a, that was a fun night. Those are, you know, the, the Hinsdale is, is, will always be special, always be special because that's one of my very first, I will say my very first hardcore, uh, you know, haunted locations that I was able to get into before it got, you know, got popularized and that, uh, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, help just a little bit from getting something like that destroyed because, I hate to say it, but New York State is famous for destroying its mythology. And to me, the whole mythology and the urban legends around the and the truths that surround Hins- the Hinsdale house should be preserved. It really should be, just like so many other ones.
0: Yeah. In my area, it's the Dansville Castle. That's a shame to be seeing that go the way it is. Yeah. It's-
1: that's getting pe- that's pretty beat up now. That's yeah. That's uh, I was down there a few years ago. It was it was on the edge back then.
0: But um, two other active places that aren't as popular that are definitely as active though are the Angelica Poorhouse. Yep, that's a good place. A owner that's trying to do stuff with it. Yep, that's and a great place.
1: I love the that. Place. haunted house. I've never been to Hanover yet and everybody says you you should go. And uh, hopefully what I'd like to do is uh, actually do like a solid week where I go to different locations like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Mm. and stay overnight at those locations. Just and just, you know, start with fresh equipment every night, fresh, you know, fresh recorder, fresh REM pods every night so that, you know, nothing may be. Attached to it or comes with it, I think that would be great.
2: So, what do you think, um, like happens to the spirits if, like, the building that they're in they wanted to like demolish the Hinsdale House? Like, what, mm-hmm. what happens? Did they just stay there? Do they go somewhere else?
1: A lot of people think that uh, when a, when a house is demolished like that and something is rebuilt on it, that the the spirits will kind of reemerge. Uh, I was talking with Johnny Zaffis about that, and Johnny was telling me about these two Victor, or this Victorian, this big old Victorian up in New England. That was crazy. Just crazy. I mean, it was like so haunted. It was like, like the activity in this place was scary. So they tore it down and they built two duplexes on the property. Nothing happened. Nothing happens. Uh, I In the one book that I wrote, uh, the the, haunt, uh, the C2D1 haunting, it took place in a dormitory at Geneseo State College, and the dormitory is still there. What we found is that, at, well, after I wrote the book, of course, we found more information that uh, there was evidence of a haunting previous to the 1985 incident, and then... I met somebody at, uh, they had done an indie movie out of it. And uh, I met a girl who was there like years later. And she told me that there was something, a little something going on, but it was nowhere near the amp situation that happened. So what does that mean? To me, that means that, uh, again, it's all energy. And you have to be at the right person, at the right place, at the right time for everything to blow up. Things can run dormant for years and not, and or forever and never reemerge. However, if you got the right person in there, or you get the uh, 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 let's say even a violent situation or a stressful situation, that may be enough to open the door and let it just kind of ooze out again. So that's what I'm thinking it is because Erie Hall is still there. The room is still there, people still use the room, uh, you know, the quad and everything, uh, in the dorm rooms and that. So, there's no, uh, and there really hasn't been any activity in the last few years. I we were there, uh, uh, for uh, I believe I think we were there for for something for an alumni day or something. And I questioned the people. Now, there's three girls that, uh, uh, or six girls that are in that uh, in the C2D1 area, and uh, none of them, there's no. Nothing else going on. Nothing has gone on there when they were there. So, you know, luck of the draw. It's like anything else. I mean, you can have a house that's no, nothing can happen in in it. Nothing, nothing. It's as peaceful as they come and you get the right people in there, right situation. Boom. You get people who are chaotic, people who don't take care of the house, uh, hoarders. That's a big, that's huge hoarders. Uh, when you look for anything, like we could call in for like a negative case. First thing you look for, you look for chaos. You look to see how things are organized. And if things are like really disheveled and the people are kind of disheveled, there's a good chance that there might be something going on that might be negative because uh, in the spiritualist religion, one of the, uh, one of the natural laws that we're taught is like attracts light. So if you have chaos, what's going to come in? You're attracting chaos. So that's one of the things we look for. So yeah, you never know. I mean, that's what you look, for. you know. These are these are these are little red red, you know, red flags that you find. And uh not all the time uh do things uh you know carry on. It's like Fort Niagara. I've I used to be a docent up at Fort Niagara for years. Uh did I see like crazy stuff? Absolutely. I saw crazy stuff, but on the other hand. I uh, also, you know, it nothing really was that big of a deal. Uh, just once, just once something was kind of big that happened, and everything else was just sort of, well, whatever. But again, it's the right person, right place at the right time. See, Sophie it was so easy. That's, a, that's easy. That was an easy question.
2: shadow people all the way at the beginning so like uh what is your theory on like shadow people it's like there's different theories on what they are like what do you what do you personally think that they are
1: shadow people are uh as far as i'm concerned shadow people to me are normally uh vibrational energies personalities and that's just the way they come through the veil and that's just the way they're shown just the way that you see them. Uh, I've been in situations where I've seen a shadow person. The person next to me saw something totally different. So I think it's in how we can we conceive uh, and conceptualize what's out there. So that's the way. It is. And most shadow people, I've never had a problem with shadow person. I never got scratched or pushed by a shadow person. You know, uh, I've I've gotten it from some other stuff, but never. You know, to me, they're just like they're there and it just sort of like they want you to know that they're there. Something it's it's sort of like they just they're just kind of saying, hey, I'm here. So uh, the things that always worry me are like uh, the blobs where because I don't really know what they are, where all of a sudden you have like this huge uh, dark abyss that's kind of moving real slowly and like a clockwise motion. And it starts coming towards you. It happened to us up at uh, Waverly one time. And the uh, this blob or whatever, it, it kind of starts to block out ambient light. And I don't know what that is. And that sort of concerns me. Uh, I don't think it would harm us uh, if we had stayed there. But I think it's just. I'm not sure if it's just like a lot of energy. I'm not sure if let's say there's a ley line underneath there or a couple crossed cross lay lines, energy lines underneath the place or underground water. I don't know what, I don't know enough to, to say that. Uh, if it's strong enough, all I got to say is it's huge when it's that big. I kind of like that. L- listen, if it's bigger than me, I'm going to start walking backwards. <laughs> I, I am. I'm not going to lie. Uh, because I don't understand it at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's only happened a couple times. And we just said, you know, and the other thing that usually comes with that is we get that discernment in the in the in the solar plexus. Usually more than one person, people, one person in the group will get it. And uh at that point, usually it's like, okay, we've had enough of your nonsense, it's time for you guys to go. That's usually what that is. That's like a Ouija board when the planchette goes down and says goodbye.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's when you end. Sad enough.
2: Shadow people kind of scare me. I had I had like a... I only have one... Of of like a shadow person. But like it just always gave me like bad vibes. Like I felt like it was... Like you know like you walk into somewhere you feel like them watching you? It was watching me everywhere in my house, in my childhood home, in Kings Park. But like it didn't feel like it was just looking at me. I felt like it was kind of like stalking me like around the house. Like it just felt off. And then the room that I saw it in... Like was always like cold and I always never wanted to go in there because it scared me as a mm-hmm. kid. I think it was something bad, I don't know what it was, but it looked like a man.
1: <laughs> See with me, it's it's like so you believe, so you are. And for me, it's like you gotta be in control of every situation that's uh, psychic in nature. You've gotta be in control. This is bullshit if you're not. I am like I am like so I am so anal about it being in control. And uh, when I walk into a place, it's, it's commanding. It's like in my house, listen, I know there's stuff that walks around my house. I know it. I don't want it because it's my house. My house becomes now my, my sanctuary where I get away from all the craziness that I do. So I don't want to, you can, you know, listen, the energy, energetic personalities can hang out all they want down here, walk through the house, whatever, but I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you're here. I don't want to hear you put that right out there. And I've I've never had a problem with it. But again, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of training and, and you have to really believe it 100%. It's hard to believe 100% when you're scared, you know, it's really hard to do. Uh, with me, it doesn't, you know, I just, I've not, you know, I've had so many experiences like that. I shouldn't say so many experiences. I'll just say that uh, I've had enough experience to know that you got to be in control of all your situations. Mm-hmm. And you have to set boundaries for yourself and stick to them and just say forget it that you're we're done. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I am with my seances, the way I am with with uh uh we were doing uh on board the USS Edson, we were we were working with a talking board, and um guess what comes through? Z-O-Z, oh. and I said, Come on, you know, I just go, Yeah, right. And people, you know, when that happens, you can almost you can almost just hear people's fannies like pucker up because they're just so afraid of it and i'm gonna be honest with you it's like right really yeah okay and i'll go i'll challenge it like everybody goes oh don't 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 poke the devil or whatever i don't care about that listen i know you ain't zozo if you were zozo you wouldn't you'd be doing something already before coming through so i'm not afraid of you don't give me this crap and uh people are like like they get shocked when I, when I get like that, but I, I get really crazy because there's like all this t- different types of spirits out there. And you got to remember one of the most common types of spirits are parasitical spirits. And they, you know, they're, they're, they don't have a body, so they can't like absorb, uh, you know, any kind of food or anything, you know, what they do absorb is energy and, and frequency. So they, what are the, there's, there's the highest frequencies of course, are love and, and that sort of stuff enjoy, but pretty high up there on the level is hatred and jealousy and being afraid and all that. So they're doing stuff to elicit a response. So they're trying to scare you. Everybody go, Oh, and then they're, you know, they're sucking that stuff in and they get stronger, you know? And I always tell people, don't worry about it. You know, if they zozo, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know. Listen, if it was a demon or something that was that strong negatively on an energetic level, it would have already opened up a can of whoop ass on my, on me way before it started spelling it out on a Ouija board. (laughs) But those, those are, you know, uh, it's, it got popular. It's, it's sort of like one of those, it's like the Ouija board when they started getting unpopular. A lot of nasty stuff came through Ouija boards over the years. And it's influenced people that have killed other people and have lost fortunes, and and got people. I, I, you know, couples have gotten divorced and all sorts of stuff over what comes through a Ouija board. You know, you got to you got to have common sense with this stuff, and you just got to say no. And it, and you got to have experience. I mean, I've I've used them since I've been a kid, and I'm not afraid of them. I got seventy of them right here on the other side of the, the other the other side of the wall here. I got them all. I got, I, those are just the, those are just the newer ones. I got the other ones up on display. So I'm not afraid of those things at all. You just have to go and you just have to be careful with it and understand something. If this thing was that bad, it would have already scratched you. It would have pushed you. You would have known it long before it started spelling its name out.
2: I guess I did that like unintentionally with the shadow person. Cause I was like getting freaked out, but I had a babysitter who was also into like, spirituality and stuff like that and she mm. was like don't give it energy just like pretend it's not there and then like because at first i was freaking myself out and then like mm-hmm. the freaking out the more stuff that would happen around my and then like once i started taking her advice and just like okay just ignoring it like just pretending it's not whatever then then like it just like eventually kind of just stopped so, like do you she- see
1: how that works do you see how that works that's the big thing whenever we do a we we, we have to work with a negative case okay we go in there uh do our thing and then you have to go and you have to sit down and you have to educate the people, the clients. Big things that you don't want to do. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to give it energy. You don't want to go. And just by opening your mouth and, and saying, We had something going on, you can open a friggin' door. The thing can come back if you want. You know, you know, I, I, I'm a firm but I don't really believe in a lot of natural portals, but I do believe in artificial portals where you can create something. Where these vibratory personalities can come through. So I'm one of these people that it's like, listen, I want you not to even think about this thing. I would I don't want you to even talk about it. Let's go for let's try a week and see what happens. And at the end of a week, if they really tried their hardest, very little activity happens. So what does that mean? That we're just we're we're actually the ones that act as antennas or whatever that bring this stuff in and they try to go and they, they try to push you around. And there are, you know, I mean, we're taught that when somebody passes, you don't change that much. Really. You don't. So if you are a dick on this side, they're going to be a dick on the other side. And people don't get that at all. You know, people don't get that. Or, you know, you, you, you got to, you know, you just, you just don't go and you don't give it what it wants. And then it disappears slowly, and that's that. That was perfect. What you guys did, perfect. Just don't even just ignore it.
0: So I kind of had a different um, reaction. So when I was at the western block there and seen the shadow figure, immediately I wanted to get scared, right? Because it's like I just seen this. I've never seen this before. It's mm-hmm. was there, but then I'm like, it never scratched me. It never. Sweared at me, it never did anything negative, right. so it's not like it's automatically negative because it's a shadow person, it's just something that I happen to see exactly was unexplainable.
1: <laughs> Do you know how many times I got sworn at? I wish I had a nickel for every f bomb I've gotten on an EVP. I'm not, li- <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna lie to you at all because it's hysterical. I mean, I walked into a barn in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, a friend of mine owns a. A, uh, a field, uh, uh, it, it was a field hospital in the Confederate retreat. Walked into a barn, all these people got, you know, the scanners going, walk in, and guess what it says? Asshole. That's what it says. I walk in. Then it says my name immediately after. And I'm, I'm like standing there going, really? That's the best that you got? <laughs> Come on. And I laugh at it. Guess what? Done. Done nothing before that had you know been dropping some f-bombs and and they were everybody was like oh my god oh my god I walk in I had walked in there from being in the house just did that and everything just leveled right out that just you know that just means that you know I was I wasn't there to play you're not gonna go and you're not gonna get me upset <laughs> you're not gonna you you know and that was it and then everybody was mad at me because then I just i I just put the damper on the party, man. That was the end. <laughs> that was the end. They didn't get anything else after that. <laughs> but that's the way it works.
0: Also, with um, uh, spirit boards, Ouija U- boards. Do you think that you well, the we are able to use it just as a tool for communicating with spirits, or does it always open a portal? Uh, whenever you whenever you do
1: any kind of tool of divination, you're opening up
0: a portal. That's what you're doing.
1: And which uh, includes
0: dowsing rods and pendulums and that I'm stuff not though. I'm
1: not so much about dowsing rods because that's more earth energy, and you're actually the antenna that's actually using it through idio- idiosyncratic motor uh, motor response. Uh but and same thing with pendulums. But uh whenever you're doing something like that, you know, and, and if you're doing table tipping and uh, board work uh yeah it kind of opens up a i bl- i personally believe it opens up an artificial portal so that's why you have to do it in. you have to really make sure that you're doing it in a like like how we conduct seances open it state why you're doing it you know my aren't you know what we're doing this for is uh to open up intelligent communication and if you're want to do it with, some, you know, if, you, if you're looking to, to talk to somebody, state the name, do the, you know, work the board, again, respect the board, because I remember as a kid, kept saying goodbye, and uh it, uh, uh we didn't want it to stop, and it started F-bombing us, and I, I was probably eighth, ninth grade, you know, probably eighth grade, and it was just, it got real nasty, and then whatever, whenever we tried to work with that board, so I believe that boards have like almost individual personalities. And when we tried to work with that board, it always just was really, you know, saying swearing and stuff. So uh when it says goodbye, you say goodbye. And like, I don't know if you guys do this with the scanners or not, but I do it. I say, listen, guys, okay, uh, we're closing this session out. I'm going to count back from five to one. Everybody go. Everybody's got to go. It's the way it works nobody stays back everybody's got to go anybody came through let's go five four and then I and I count backwards and then I go and I just say I officially closed the session now done and now I have never had a problem doing that in anything uh dowsing rods I do use them for some kind of some communication uh now I also use pendulum uh, with a pendulum wheel with an alphabet wheel so that it you know starts spelling stuff out but a lot of times that is sub uh, subconscious movement because you're actually getting it in You're the antenna, it's coming in through you, but, uh, you're actually, believe it or not, you're actually manipulating it in really these micro movements. And, uh, so I believe that that's a little bit different, but I mean, a lot of people have different opinions on it. I, I, I learned dowsing from some old time grizzly guys out there that, uh, they they used it for finding water and, mm. uh, you know, I mean, and, and finding all sorts of crazy stuff. And we used it for finding cemeteries, you know, witness chamber pendulums and, and dowsing rods when we're on the field. And, um, you know, so I think it's just a little bit better, a little bit different. I mean, you're using you're actually using yourself rather than trying to go and bring something in. And like seance is in seance is, is, and and I'll be, well, I'll be honest with you, seance, uh, you can use Ouija boards in them because seance, or I should say Ouija boards is sometimes is considered physical phenomena because you're producing something, not just an apparition. You're actually producing something with it. Same thing with table tipping table, starting to move. It's a little bit, you know, you're producing something that's, we were taught that as kids, uh, so that we wouldn't be afraid of physical phenomena, you know, like something, you know, how many times, ta- I don't know if it's happened to you, but I mean, uh, I'll put a recorder down on the table and that thing will just go, boom, this guy get thrown off on the floor, you know, uh, this way it doesn't like shock you when that stuff happens, you know, it gets you ready for, for that stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's the difference. Uh, I think uh, I have yet to find anybody that's ever been uh, gotten attachment from, from dowsing rods. Uh, Maybe a cow follows you home. That's about it when you're out looking in the fields for for a well or something. But, uh, you know, no, that's just to me, it's a little different. But I think what's important is that you use protection in all things whenever you're working in the metaphysical or the physical or the uh, paranormal. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Everybody's got different ways of doing it. My mentor just said, listen, if you live a decent, you know, you live a decent life. And you believe that you're protected so you are so i mean i don't do any kind of certain rituals to go into locations or when i'm working or if i'm doing readings it doesn't bother me i'm just that's just the way i am uh but i mean whatever works for somebody else you do you know it's good for them because basically what it is is a cognitive reinforcement of your belief system and that's what's more important than anything else
2: do you think um like so, you mentioned like Ouija boards, pendulums, and like dowsing rods. Do you think like runes and tarot cards is it like the same thing as like pendulums, or? Is-
1: they're openings. They're, they're, what they are is they're they're cues, and I do believe that nothing is by chance. So you're actually using the, these cues. Uh, so it's always good to use protection when you're when you're reading them. Uh, I, I anything that you're doing. Uh, where you may be getting a message, you're doing uh, work in precognition, pre-cognition or retrocognition, uh, is very, very important to make sure that you're in control. And one of the aspects of being in control is feeling protected. Because sometimes, uh, you know, you'll get something. There, there are some, there's some like energies out there that just mess with your mind because you'll be pulling cards and like, It'll all be negative right along right along the line. You say, wait a minute, what the hell is this? You know, you you do a draw and it's like, what is this? No, it's wrong. And what you do, you stop, just kind of clear yourself out. I'm gonna do this again and check a second time, and you'll see the whole thing will be different. So that uh uh anything that you're working with, uh, that is a tool of divination. Always good to be protected, always good to have some precautions with it.
2: That's happened to me before where like the cards came out and I was like, this doesn't look, this doesn't seem right. And then I'll redo it and it's like something completely different. But
1: that's exactly it. Now I you see you're using, you're not using uh, your, your common sense. You're using your gut on that. That's what's important because uh, your gut feeling is what will really keep you on the level with it. Because I don't even know how many times I've done uh, a reading for somebody and I'll just sit there and go, this doesn't make sense to me. None of this makes sense to me. What I just told you makes no sense to me. So let's just stop. Let me just start again. Let, let me, and then stuff will start coming out that is a little bit more verifiable with the person, and it changes the whole candor of it. And that's what you need to do. So yeah, listen to your listen to your you know your 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 inner compass there to let you know what's right, what's wrong. But after a while, you'll 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 uh, almost you'll build up a confidence level where you just don't like you're just like bang. But that comes with cognitive knowing, you know, that you're that good. You're that this is what you do and this is how you should be working with it. And that just comes with practice and working with it. But that's that's you did. Sophie, J.D., give her a gold star. She has to have a gold star for that one because that was natural. That good for you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I, my family's um, has been into like, like witchcraft stuff like that for like mm-hmm. a long time, <laughs> but it's kind of ironic because it's like half of them are like super religious, like Catholics, and the other half does like witchcraft. But they all do kinds of witchcraft. Like the one that my grandma does is like absolutely not. A-
1: You'd be surprised. Uh, I, I, my good, my good friend Onyx. She's Strega. That's her tradition, the Strega, which is Sicilian. And uh, her grandmother had all these unbelievable folk ways of doing things, which is witchcraft, which is partially the Strega tradition. But if you called her a witch, she'd beat you with a broom. I always remember Onyx saying that. But it's true, because a lot of this stuff is... And I mean, there's a book out, it's called uh, Christian Voodoo. And you start seeing the you know how a lot of the voodoo practitioners would hide their beliefs, you know, with Christian mixing with Christian beliefs. You good. have you have a lot of the Brazilian uh, uh, spiritualism down there that is highly highly uh, uh, mixed in with Christianity and uh, 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 older, even older religions. You know, so I mean, it's 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 crazy, uh, but I mean, even even Catholics, when you start looking at it, you got holy water communion. Uh, you've got, you pray to saints for the intercession and help of saints. Uh, You leave offerings. This is all, a lot of this is all like pagan in, in, you know, at its basics. And again, I went to a, I went to a lecture with a uh, former uh, Jesuit priest. He's a uh, uh, theologian at Georgetown uh, university. And uh, he married a, a hardcore spiritualist and, the lecture was great because seriously it meshed so well. Of course, I mean, there's some, the deity of, of Christ and that sort of thing is a little iffy, you know, but everything else was, was really the same. And what the problem was, is they were the same, but they were called different things and they were done slightly different. So you could tell that, you know, how one thing was, you know, kind of modified from the other. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's the way it is. And, uh, if you go through Appalachia, Appalachia though, you've got Appalachia Hoodoo. Uh, and that's a hybrid between the old pagan ways, Native American ways. Uh, you have voodoo and you have Christianity all mixed in together. You know, you're born with the you're born with the uh, 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 the veil over the eyes. That means that you've you've you know, you've got the sight and that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty fascinating when you start breaking that down. That's the fun of what we do, you know. And you're lucky, Sophie, because so many people are just born into one religion and don't have these other influences. Uh, I, you've got to have all the, you know, you got to get out there and have the influences. You got to have fun with it. You got to understand it because the more you understand, the more wondrous and mysterious the world becomes, and you don't get burned out. I've, I've never gotten burned out yet. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, and you know. It just it just gets better every every chance I you know every day I do this but then we think jr JD came in a, a spaceship huh. you
0: know,
1: we 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 know the mothership is waiting for JD now just,
0: <laughs> I just want to let you know so what I've actually been trying to find some information on is um Hungarian gypsy gypsy which is that's um, my
1: look under uh ray buckler has is. got
0: gypsy magic
1: and what is uh, it's it's i believe the name of the book is called gypsy magic by the late raymond buckland because he was uh, uh basically he was uh, uh i'm not sure which tradition but i knew he came from uh, uh uh gypsy heritage so check that out check check that out i think you find find it online if you look up if you look up for ray buckland Go on eBay, look for cheap books like I do, you know, and I'm sure it's on there someplace. Hell, he had a, he had a gypsy wagon in his, in his, in a, at his house on his, he had a hobby farm. He had a gypsy, he had a gypsy wagon sitting right there. You could, you could actually sleep and it was that, that big of a, mm. that, that big of a wagon.
0: Yeah, I know that the gypsies have always done witch cultures and stuff. And I know that I am actually related to Hungarian Gypsies. So
1: yeah, it's all, but it's all folkways. got to remember, it's all folkways. They've done that for they did that for centuries, and that's the life that it's a it's a lifestyle. If you're looking for something that's like really uh, something that you could practice, yeah, I would look under look under him. I was gonna say Gardner, like Gerald Gardner, but he was more on the island. He was he did a lot of anthropological work uh, with the. Uh, the old traditions on uh, uh in britain and wales and ireland uh so you'd probably have to yeah you'd have to go do you would have to look for something on the continent so yeah that would be a good place to start
2: i would say mine's like eclectic like my grandma she does more like darker things like like dark like hoodoo voodoo kind
1: of, like- no i can't believe jd can you believe this can you believe this no. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know. I like, use what I feel like for, for me. Like I just collect different things. So.
1: Be a hybrid, be eclectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that, I mean, my personal brand of spiritualism, you didn't use any tools except for seance, to use a spirit trumpet or tambourine or a bell or something like that, but basically no tools for divination, none whatsoever. Everything was mental mediumship. Uh, Ask when you guys talk to Frank Kupka again. Ask him about my red cabinet. I have a cabinet here that's full of some of my, uh, how can I describe it? Some of my uh, interesting, uh, uh, my interesting things that I use, you know, to make, uh, you know, to make, you know, bigger bags or, or I use them for, you know, I've I I love. I use a lot of graveyard dirt for. Uh, Clearing places, clearing houses, uh, going and doing. You know, I have iron spikes. You know, for you know the, the driving outside. You know, driving to the ground outside your house. You know, for protection. I have a lot of that. I also have candles and I have a lot of oils. And Frank particularly likes the uh, one oil that I bought at a. I buy at my favorite, uh, Santeria shop. It's called Destroy Everything. So those. Are, I have. I have. I have things like that in there. So you should ha- always have uh, a bunch of different uh, belief systems, and and take what you know works for you. I mean, I don't know if you guys use like a Book of Shadows or not. Uh, I'm I'm a big believer in those because of the fact that they're to me they're recipe books. And you know, I I was I was up in Sault Saint Marie, Michigan. we right up at the top of the Mitten, and I ran into uh, uh, somebody who was a practitioner. And we were talking, and she gave me this kick-ass, this kick-ass spell. I couldn't believe. It. I couldn't wait to go up to my room and write it down. And then when I came home, I transferred it into the Book of Shadows, so I always have it. And that's what's fun about that, uh, to do it. And then you got like all you can have all your, you know, the different spells of you know the cleanse and. I'm not a big love spell guy, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things. But I, I my favorite ones are shut the f up, people that you know, talk behind your back and that sort of stuff. Not that JD does. JD does not know. Does not say anything bad about anybody. We know that. But uh, uh, there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different really neat traditions. How to do that? How to bind somebody? How to banish somebody? These are things that are kind of important when you uh, are a worker. And these are things that you can use for yourself, or sometimes you can use for other people. You know, like I only use. I only work for very very close people when it comes to that sort of stuff but you know that's what you do so it be eclectic if you're if you're eclectic that just means that you're not stuck in one tradition cuz i know a lot of people that are really into wicca a lot of people that are into the you know the norse you know the norse uh, uh, traditions uh strega and all that i'm not i'm i'm rather eclectic
2: Yeah, I just started trying, trying to get into, like, Norse stuff now. And, like, Egyptian stuff, like Kemetics. I'm trying mm-hmm. to Kemetics and Norse things. Because when I was younger, it, it was mostly, like, Wicca. Because, like I said, my family was super religious. But they took me to Salem. And then my mom taught me about Wicca. So then that was what I did, like, when I was younger. And then, like, mm-hmm. thinking about other things. That's when I started, like, branching out. But then only as of, like, recent, I've started doing, like, Kemetics and, like, Norse stuff. Like... I just kind of did like my own thing in between. And then now I'm trying to like just start gathering everything from right places.
1: Whatever works. That's the way I, that's whatever resonates with you and whatever works. That's the secret behind it. Too many people worry about the the nuts and bolts of stuff or the, uh, you know, whatever, you know, I have to be part of something. No, you don't. You can, you can be a solitaire. You can be a, you don't have to be a, Wiccans are, I always remember Ray telling me Wiccans were like witches, but don't call yourself a witch unless you're a follower of Wicca, call yourself a magician. And that's the way that I've always referred to myself. And because of the fact, I don't, I don't believe in, again, just like spiritualism, I don't believe in a lot of uh, the principles of Wicca, the threefold rule. I, I don't believe in that, you know. Believe me, if somebody needs a kick in the ass, there's no gray, there's no gray area that's going to come back at you. I'm just, you know, it's just the way it is. If you're not, if you're not irresponsible with what you're doing, you won't have a problem with it. And that's, that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. It's like, it's, it's, it's it's like with anything that you do, anything in life.
2: I had to like learn that. Cause like I said, I started off with look and I was like threefold, but then like, pretty messed up. They kind of deserve something. So why would that come back on me? And then after a while I was like, you know what? Like if someone deserves something, then well, I mean, they got it coming. Like
1: that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I, you know, I mean, a lot of times people will go and say, well, you know, that's how you know that the spell has worked because you feel it. going to be honest with you. Never had that happen yet. Don't expect it to happen yet, and I know that um, the results have always so bore out that whole principle. So yeah, I'm not. I, I think that was in there as a, as just something that's like for, you know for safety for people that didn't run off and do crazy stuff. You know, like irresponsible stuff. You know, you don't that that you don't want to do. But I mean, if somebody deserves it, you know, you have an abuser. My friend Onyx in her back room. To walk out, she likes, she's she's a smoker. So she goes out and she goes into her this little parking lot behind out of her shop. And you walk on a, in order to get out, you walk on a big manhole cover. And I said to her one day, why have you got this manhole cover in here? Why? This is not even high enough for a step to, to get out. And she goes, well, what's underneath it? I said, well, what's underneath it? She goes, these are the names of people who are either wife uh, abusers, pedophiles, or really have done something to somebody really bad, she casts, she puts them underneath there, and every day she steps on them. So it re, so it kind of refreshes the spell. Has she ever had anything bad like that come back? or no? Because it was something for the higher good. That's what you look for. There's no gray area to me. You know, you got that razor's edge, and, you know, it depends how hardcore you are that you could that the closer you come to that razor's edge the more powerful it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: right jd you know it baby <laughs>
2: um yeah because i i was thinking that too because like uh i don't think people should just go around like just because someone irritates you're just like like putting all these things on them but like i mean someone deserves it then like um actually the first time i never tried it until re- like a couple months ago, right? But then I was like, mm, these people deserve it. But then I was like still thinking about it. this like, thing actually is true about the threefold. And then I was like, you know what? Well, I think I can handle whatever comes come about this. And so I did it, honestly nothing happened. So
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if it's if it's for the right reason, you're not mm-hmm. going to have a problem. You're never going to have a problem if it's for the right reason. Too many people out there are flippant. they they use it for um uh, they just use it. They, they use it for like personal, like silly things. And you know what? If somebody calls you a name, who cares? Look at the source. Uh, you know, if somebody's really if talks behind your back, okay, that's one thing. If someone is vindictively talking behind your back, then you got something, you know, you have a reason for it. These are things that you have to weigh. And if you can actually say, yeah, they, I think they deserve something. There you go. It's not like just, you know, well, they 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 bumped me in line, which, believe me, I've had people come up and say, this guy bumped me in line and this is what he looks like. And I took a picture of myself. I'm not going to do anything for that. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you have to watch it. You just got to be, you know, careful what you do.
2: Like, like honestly, just I like uh, kind of like you could say like karma, like just give it back to them pretty much. So, like, if you're talking like vindictive, like what you said, that actually was my reasoning behind it people were like literally trying to like ruin my life. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to send it back to you. And so I sent it back and it worked. Like, <laughs> cause I'm like, you want to do it to me? I'm just going to send it back. I'm not going to do extra to you, but I'm just going to send whatever you're doing to me back to you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's different things you can do and binding rituals and shut the F up rituals and banishing rituals out of your life and that sort of thing. So you know, depends on the, depends on, you know, your comfort level. And, uh, I have a friend that that uh, uh, really had the trouble with her with her ex husband, and I said to her, "I said, you know what to do. I told you how to do it." And she goes, "Well, I don't know. I feel a little. I still don't feel. I just. I don't. I'm just afraid of it." And I'm like, "Well, then you better not do it because that's where it screws up, and that little fear is what opens up the chinks of armor in you, and that's where you can get everything back at you. But if you're if you're sure, do it. Pull the stops out and do it." Although we know JD will never, we will never cast on JD because he is—he's—he's he's got great hair today. I'm just going to tell you, he's got great hair. <laughs> just because of hair. <laughs> I wish I had hair. <laughs> Are
0: you kidding me or what?
2: How how about you, JD? Have you ever done any of that?
0: I have not gone into, um, witch or magician, work yet. Even though. The vo- past vice president definitely had um, su- had gotten me interested, basically, in the witchcraft and stuff. It's good to learn,
1: kiddo. Good to learn. always Because you never know. Because sometimes you come into paranormal cases that I've been cursed. They did a ritual in my house. I've had a lot of those over the years and uh you got to know how to respond to it. You know, you got to be like, walk in there and say, yeah, okay, we'll take care of this. You know, sometimes it's, it comes down to uh, a pentagram that's burned in the floor and it's like, well, I think you're going to, you're going to need a belt sander for this one and, and get you know, get rid of it. But yeah. uh, you got to know, you got to know how to work with it and everything. And that that's, that's huge. That is huge. The more that you learn, Again, that's why I always say you have to be you have to be able to go into different traditions. And a lot of times, you know, paranormal investigation isn't just about meters and recorders and cameras and that sort of thing. Sometimes it's about metaphysics and, and traditions. And that's why another thing you got to look for is when you do your initial interviews in a residential, take into consideration the spiritual background of the people because that will tell you how you to proceed. When you start doing the clearings so that it's reinforced in cognitively, cognitively in their brains, that things are actually going to get better. It's really important. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know how many times I've gotten people that are like, well, I think we opened the portal during a ritual we did. Well, tell me about it. And from there, we can kind of figure out how and why and what we can do about it so important and it's it's, i always have uh i always like to have somebody on a team that uh that has a specialty like that uh just so that they uh just so it's a little i would say just you know more rounded
0: yeah that is something we've been able to have with the club is just the different types of ideas and stuff Mm -hmm. and so far Since the club was founded, we've had a witch, psychic, um, member able to like show that side of it, interacts with that side of it and know how to work with them. This is Mm -hmm. something that, uh,
1: I teach in my, in my paranormal classes. Um, a lot of times mediums and psychics overtake the, the investigation,
0: yeah, I can see that
1: it's easy. It's Sometimes. easy. I mean, you have to pull, you have to ring yourself back. So what I do is if I don't belong to a team per se, I mean, I hang out with a lot of, a lot of crazy people and I get a chance to work and get a lot of, I get a lot of chances to work with really super teams. And uh, I always ask them, now, how do you want me to work? And they'll look at me though, what do you mean? I said, well, I said in a, in, in, In (laughs) excuse me, in the in the A column, I will go through the place, and what I will do is I will make a recording of what I feel as I go through the house. Then I will give you the recording, and then I leave. I go, my job is done. Or B, do you want me to help out with that? Do something like that and Do you want me to go and use meters? See, when I first started out, you had psychics and then you had paranormal investigators. The two of them didn't like mix. They Mm. really didn't because the psychics all had the psychics and mediums all said, why do we need meters? I'm getting all this stuff. Well, you're getting it, but nobody else is getting it. So, you know, you got no proof or anything. What's coming out of your mouth. We don't know is real. So. in, In column B, what I'll do is I'll just go and I'll say, listen, this is the way I work. I will be quiet. I'll do the walkthrough if you want. I'll be quiet. If you ask me what I feel in a room, I will tell you. But otherwise, I'll be quiet and I'll work my meters and I'll, you know, I'll record and I'll, you know, use my, I'll I'll, I'll use my tools. And then we'll compare notes at the end of the night. So you have to really take control of, uh, and you got to kind of really make sure that you put like psychics and mediums, you know, You know, tell them exactly what you want
0: because
1: it's so easy because you can walk into places and go, you know, just get overwhelmed and just go from room to room to room. And everybody else is standing there going, you know, I just paid two hundred fifty dollars for this piece of equipment and uh, I can't use it because this guy's running around, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, showboating. So, no, you got to You got to do that. And that's the way I, I, I like to do that. Because it gives, you know, if they don't want me to work, I understand that. I don't take anything personally. They don't want me to work, stay there, and hang out. But if they want me to stay there and and work with them, and uh, uh, I will always, I'm always happy to help. It's like, like, again, on the USS Edson, uh, we did uh, did a light seance. And uh, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to approach this? It's almost going to be like a production. How do you want me to approach this? Do you want me to do... This or or this, and if you do that, you'll never have a problem. Nobody gets mad. It's great. Everybody across the board is satisfied. But just put it, just tell them right up front. And besides, listen, I'm old. I can be in bed by midnight. You guys can stay out till like five in the morning. I can be sleeping. You know that's it's important for me.
0: <laughs>
2: um, you've mentioned. Uh, like- like, so, have you gotten cursed by, like, spirits or, or in your house? Or you even like, cursed by people? By people. Oh, my God. Why would you do that?
1: <laughs> Listen, everybody can't get along with everybody. Okay? <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say.
2: I've never, like, just walked into someone's house and was like, let me go curse them. like, what?
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be wow. surprised. I guess there's there- good Word. no people uh people are people uh now there's you know there's a thing that they, that i believe is something that happens is a generational curse where it you know goes down through the generations it's like a bad luck curse and um so it couldn't even sometimes it's not even their fault and you can tell i mean there's 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 some earmarks that you have to look for you know look for when you're doing the interviews and uh some of the uh uh phenomena that happens kind of leads into it so you have to watch it but some people I'll be honest with you some people just get into an argument I know a paranormal team that they split up and one side cursed the other side <laughs> I mean so I mean people I mean people do that and uh, the the people that got cursed, they were really worried. And I mean, that gave them a lot of psychological tension and stuff. And of course, that builds a lot of different things up. So that you know, almost into hysterics. So I mean, you've got to be able to approach that with you know on two levels a psychological and a metaphysical level. And you got to cleanse them and you got to work with them. And then you got to go and you got to stop them from being vengeful and like throwing a curse back at them or something, you know. I mean, which which can happen. So yeah, you gotta, I mean, I've I've witnessed it, I've witnessed paranormal teams. I know uh some the one of my uh one of the early shows that I was on uh, a Ghost Lab with the Kling Brothers, they had two witches on you know on the show or on you know, on their team, and something happened, I forget what it was, and they asked them, Well, you know, I don't really think that we're working out. This is not the direction we want to go in. And they cursed them. They said, Curses on the rest of the team. It's like you know, people, but that's being flippant. That's that's being, you know, that's being childlike. That situation, that's coming back at you. You know, because that really doesn't mean anything. It means nothing in the long run of things. Uh, you know, being on a show or a TV, that means nothing in the long run of things. Uh, you know, if these if they had actually done something bad to him, I could see it. But nothing was bad, so. We don't know whatever happened to the two witches, but all I can say is I'm sure I'm sure it was a boomerang effect.
2: Yeah. Um. What are like some signs? Because like, you said that there were signs like that you can get like during interviews. Like, what would be like some like things that people can see like pick up on?
1: Nightmares. Number one. Nightmares. Number two. A string of bad luck that isn't just co- coincidental. And by that I mean you know you can somebody can somebody can back into your car. Okay. You go home, something happens in the house. Is that coincidence? You have a string of them. It's bad luck without it breaking. And it's at normal, or I should say regular intervals. Watch for that. That's real careful. That's something you really have to watch for. Uh the reactions of animals. If you have, you know, your pets watch the reaction of animals uh, that's something that you have to watch if you have birds they get quiet very quiet they stop they stop chirping uh these are these are things you got to look for uh, but the, uh, again classic some classic paranormal stuff cold spots because whatever it is is building energy uh, and also in a lot of curses you've created a thought form. Now that thought form could be in that house somewhere, so now you have to really go and hunt for the thought this thought form. And the best way to do it to get rid of it is to actually go through a cleansing ritual. Whatever you want to use, I don't use sage. I like to use frankincense because most of the people I work with are uh, they have like Roman Catholic backgrounds. So I, by using frankincense, it's they actually it triggers something in their in their brains that. It's working, you know, they believe in it. It's something that they they experience as kids. But the best thing to do is to turn off your electricity, turn the electricity off right to the house because if everything is vibrational in nature. And this thought form that could have been created through a curse or a generational curse is still around you. It can actually hide in the wires, in the electrical current. So I turn off, I have the electricity turned off to the house. Then I go through the ritual, whatever we're using and I wait about 10 minutes and then bring the power back on and then see what happens. But yeah, you've got to watch it. This is there. I mean, basic, I mean, nightmares people really, uh, you know, have nightmares a few times a week. And if you don't have a medical reason for it, there, there might be something else going on there, but coincidences, all of a sudden it's like negative stuff going on constantly. Bad luck, bad luck. One thing after another.
2: Or like, but it was like the stupidest reason. It was because like someone was jealous of me, and I'm like, why? Like, it's not my fault that you're jealous. Like,
1: but that's it. I mean, and that's something that you want to go and you want to put it like a banishing thing to, or you know, mm-hmm. you just want to out of my life. You're toxic. Out of my life. You don't need toxic people. And jealousy, for the most part, is is a uh, is is one of those emotions that it's just like it's senseless. It's like you know what you're jealous of what's going on. You're jealous of ABCD. Well, then you know what? You should be changing your life, not directing at me. So, I mean, you can put, you know, you can put up a, a protection ritual. You can go and put the banishing ritual. You can even bind them if you want. You know, one of the best ones I know for binding my, my little sister, Marla is a solitary witch out in California. And she goes and writes their name on a piece of paper and puts it in the, puts it in, in the, uh, an ice tray and freezes them out. That's a that's a that's a real good one. That's a, that's a real simple, cheap one. But I'll be honest with you, because the bottom line is intent. So you know the actual ritual itself is reinforcing the cognitive uh, belief, but it works. It works. JD, I don't want you going freezing my name now. I, I'm telling you right now. JD sitting here going, I'm going to listen to this later on. I'm going to be using some of this stuff. On everything
0: down. <laughs> 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 no, I shouldn't ever have to use any of that stuff. You shouldn't. You shouldn't.
1: I have, but it <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, seems like a good place to wrap up the podcast even though well we just got a comment and believe in the paranormal oh. <laughs> so do all of us but, um, even though we could talk for days about a lot of stuff seems like a good place to ra- wrap up this podcast
1: sounds cool hey it was an honor to be on I love you guys it's so cool Thank you for uh, inviting me on. And I know I'm, and JD, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I appreciate you uh, having patience because, you know, I'm a retired guy. So like my schedule is like insane because I mm. do, you know, I'm out there doing so much stuff. So it was so nice of you to be able to go and, and set this up.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming. Great opportunity.
2: Great time. <laughs>
0: Probably end up working with you on something or hanging oh, I'm out. I'm sure. Something. I'm sure. Maybe the next time you come up to uh,
1: Western Block I'll I'll bop up. Cool. It's not that far <laughs> away. And Sophie, I don't want I don't want you to be going and like <laughs> using all sorts of like candle magic and destroy oil, everything <laughs> oil, okay? Just, <laughs> I <want> God, to. <laughs> just be good. Just beat the two of you, be good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, This is the end of the Spooky Second Podcast by the Alfred State Paranormal Investigation Urban Exploration Club. Thanks for a great 4 guest, Tim Shaw, coming out tonight and joining us. He's going to be doing his show tomorrow for his latest project that he worked with. Um, I forgot his name. Ship Steve. Shippee. Steve Shippy. Okay. That's tomorrow. You can check it out on his account. Um, 7
1: p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's where the elite meet next to the dumpster transfer station, kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be posting about our next show. So, Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Jazz hands.